What is good to find dolls? All right, so a lot of you know, um, I'm coming from the last video, last podcast. Um, I have on my search engine, Black Woman Trader. Um, and I'm liking the process so far. Most of them tend to be along the lines of Forex, which is okay. But I saw this, um, you're going to see her on the thumbnail. It's called A Conversation with Black Women on Race. And this is from seven years ago. It's a six minute and nine second video. So I haven't clicked on it yet, but I wanted to listen to it alongside with you for the first time. You all know how I do, like you can get my initial reaction to it. But I want to hear like how far have we come? Have we made any progress? I like to think that I'm protopian. Protopian meaning that I believe that the world will become a better place in small incremental um ways um i think this is a good way to kind of just check in and see if we have made progress um i think what might be interesting is if i have shared perspective on things that were probably aligned with the way that she was viewing life back then seven years ago and to see if things are still the same if i still have the same perspective and so on and so forth so let's go ahead and click on it and let's see what she has to say and it says in in, in this short documentary black women talk about the challenges they face in society. So let's go. Mm, probably we'll get a commercial. No. Current document. Yeah, commercial. <laughs> Video will play after ad, like the longest 13 seconds ever. New York Times is just trying to get their coins, y'all. Everybody's trying to get their coins. Okay. New York Times said, we're monetized. You're going to pay before you play. <laughs> Here we go. So it says um, in the timeline, it says conversation with black women on race by Joe Brewster and Michelle Stephenson. As a, a black woman uh, who was a black girl, I see the attack on us comes in a very different form. In some ways it comes in the same form. You know, people do experience racial profiling and police brutality, but sometimes you come across women who have not had that direct um, interaction. But we're attacked in so many nuanced ways. So you have internal... Let me talk about that. And so here's the thing. She's saying it's nuanced, right? And she's identifying herself to the, to the struggle. I'm going to call it like my... And I could be wrong. You know, let me know what y'all think in the comments. But the laser precision, like... If you listen to what she said, she's identifying with the whole pro-black thing. But she said it's nuanced. And remember, the things that she talked about were racial profiling, right? With racial profiling, who do you think they're profiling more than anything? Black men. Who are the ones complaining about racial profiling? Black men. Do women get the off, um, you know, the the some backlash from that? Yes. I think that for me moving forward, I've... I'm going to use very strong language to make it clear that black men and black women are completely different. It's like uh, apples and oranges. Do you have and and then when you think about the the type of women that are just as dangerous to the community, um it's going to be the ones that are male identified, right? So if you're like, ah, you know, all this testosterone in your body type of a thing and just wanting to have a bunch of aggression in you, it's it's that being identifying more with your 
masculinity, right? Um, type of a thing. But I want to make it very clear that there's a difference between black men and women. That's the nuances. I think that women face discrimination as a result of our proximity to black men. Um, and a lot of the times too, when we are out here fighting stuff that the black men should, that, you know, our black leadership should have been addressing in a healthy way. Um, we're the ones on the jobs coming across angry and fighting in many cases, even for black men when they wouldn't do the same or they don't have the same perspective, right? I just did a podcast where here in 2023, um, this young man had protected his mom from somebody that was brutalizing her. He was punching her to her head. Thank God she's still here. I think that I really do think she could have died from the, the way he was hitting her in her head. I'm surprised she didn't have air loss or burst her eardrums either. But, um, and so, you know, the conversations have been coming up about what does it mean for black society to protect its women, to protect its children, to protect its vulnerable. So, um, but yeah, he was out here talking about protect the black women where, like, it's not reciprocated. I'm going to go back and play it again so you can hear what she has to say. And you're going to hear, I think it is nuanced. If it's anything, it's going to be in the workplace. Um, type of a thing, but for the most part, racial profiling is more of a black male thing that they are not trying to change their image. Like they don't care that they're profiled. To me, if you care that you were being profiled, you would correct the behavior, right? As a, a black woman uh, who was a black girl, I see the. Whoops. <laughs> attack on us comes in a very different form in some ways it comes in the same form you know people do experience racial profiling and police brutality but sometimes you come across so yeah it was racial profiling and police brutality right and when they talk about police brutality who are these people right like the george floyds the rodney kings the um stephen clarks the you know mostly males and for the far and few between women like sandra bland or brianna brianna taylor like you know far and few between it does happen but i think that the attacks are more on black men and they're not doing anything to reverse those that language i think like she's gonna say in a little bit it we suffer it in the workplace or when we go shopping yes comes in a very different form in some ways it comes in the same form you know people do experience racial profiling and police brutality but sometimes you come across women who have not had that direct um, interaction but we're attacked in so many nuanced ways so you have internal race issues within our own culture and then the external race issue and then your mothering issue around race so wow so that's deep this is a different um woman that's talking same problems still in 2023 this was recorded seven years ago remember these are conversations with black women on race so she's identifying that we have issues within our own community okay and then on top of it like we're just getting punched from all mfing sides like Everybody's punching down and we're at the bottom. So it's like we're just catching hell from everywhere. Even to where the little kids are punching up. 
right? The kids are punching up because it's like, oh, why did you stay? Why didn't you just abandon me like my father? You ain't ish. Why, why are you the parent that stayed? Just to the point that even the children are pu- punching up, right? So this is conversations with black women on race. Seven years ago, is there any change? We're attacked in suits within our own culture and then the external race issue and then your mothering issue around race. So for me, race and being a woman of color is so multi-layered. It's like you can excavate all day. Two uniformed security guards walked over to us, one white, one Latino, and began to ask us questions about what we were doing in the lobby of that hotel, if we were guests, um, quickly responded and said that I was in fact a guest. I was asked details, my name, what room, and it was at this point that I became very upset. And then you start to wonder, well, what other difference could it be if you're a white cop, I'm a black female, what other difference, what else could I have done to piss you off the, this much? It just starts to then look racial. And this is interesting to me too because you you have to understand where I'm coming from when I'm watching stuff like this because I think what's happening and I've done it too. Trust me, if you pulled up my I was out on these front lines um type of thing. I have black brothers, right? So my dad is black, so I was taking on that same narrative of like, oh, police are racist. And I even have my stories too. I've talked about the time I've gotten pulled over. Um I did have a nice um cop um when I I the um type of thing and it was a funny story just kind of let me understand that not you know you do have bad apples in law enforcement but you also have bad apples in in every culture really at the end of the day but i think that what happens is that um uh, here here is one of two one of two things that could be happening either black women are under reporting what is happening with racial profiling or we're not the key demographic you know, law enforcement, yeah, they're going to be checking for P's and Q's and type of thing for, you know, trying for the most part to keep the peace. Yes, they have their bad apples. But racial profiling, unless it's being underreported, is not a black woman issue. Do you have this woman that's saying that? Yes, but I almost feel as if, you know, um, and I don't want to undermine it. I just want us to look at it in a bigger picture. This is definitely an ongoing conversation. But I know as for as far as when it comes to me, like, I just have to kind of shift how I look at it. I'm not going to try to be out here screaming like police are bad when, you know, if people are doing certain behaviors where they have warrants and they've been toe tagging people, harming people, stealing cars, aggravated assault, domestic violence, femicide rates, you know, harming children, then, yeah, we need law enforcement. We need we need them because we don't have another we don't have another recourse in the black community right what else could i have done to piss you off this much it just starts to then look racial we actually had to bring in a white colleague from the justice conference before anyone could get an official response from the hotel. I've had people focus on my hair not being... And and the, the tragedy with this, um, this is what makes me realize it too. So 
they had to bring in another white person. I understand there's something called um, white conservatorship um, type of a thing. But then I don't also want to undermine that there are quote unquote good white people or good like Asian women, even though I, the only time I've been physically assaulted was by an Asian woman, right? Um, or I don't want to see, because every batch has its bad apples. And so um, with that being said, like, is that really the route that we want to go? And again, I think, and again, if, if, if there's pushback on this one, then I will just sit down and eat my rice and go back to trading. But I feel like they're trying to identify more with what black men are going through. And they're not even interested in their own best interests. Like they're over here talking about what's going on with women versus just figuring out what's going on amongst themselves. Black and and, and for them to be women, the only person who's kind of addressed, I think, the stance from a woman's point was the second woman you would have have heard where she talks about um the mothering aspect, but these issues that they are bringing up have to do with law enforcement and policing. Those are issues that relate to black men and they don't care to resolve those issues or their images or how they're portrayed, not only by the outside dominant society, but within our own community. So let's just kind of see if I can go further through the video, but I wanted to make sure to address that because I'm noticing that they're, they're bringing up women that have had issues with law enforcement, but I don't think that's our biggest issue, especially going into 2023 when they're putting things in place for stopping domestic violence, addressing the femicide rates and addressing the missing black girls and women, right? Professional enough. I had an executive director actually pull me into a room and it went down a path of like, you know, just letting you know, like, I don't think that you're professional enough. And I kind of had to go through this whole, I, I had to actually pull back because I was so, I felt like I couldn't be emotional. All the other chorus girls were. And that's what I was saying. Like now we're getting to the meat and bones of it because um, even working at a Christian institution, yeah. Did I experience racism? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think, and even when I think about it, more so from white women than black men, than white men. Um, white men take on more of the same um, approach with just women in general. But with white women, they're a little bit more like vicious, like really conniving type of a thing. Um, it has been my experience, but this, this is more of like a women's issue. What's happening in the workplace? You know, how are you treated in the workplace? So let me go back to her experience one more time. Not being pro professional enough. I had an executive director actually pull me into a room and it went down a path of like, you know, just letting you know, like, I don't think that you're professional enough and I kind of had to go through this whole, I, I had to actually pull back because I was so, I felt like I couldn't be emotional. All the other chorus girls were white. And um, I remember going up to the, the person in charge of costuming and saying, you know, why is it that we're dressed this way? Why, you know, why is our hair doing this weird, just lumped together thing? And all the other girls get to do curls and pretty things. And um, she was like, yeah, but your hair can't do that. And I was like, you never asked me. But it, for me, was really hard because I just wanted to dance and sing and be in the play. 
and I was being told like, you're not good enough. Your hair isn't good enough. Your clothes aren't good enough. Um, and we're going to make sure everybody notices that you're black and everybody else is in. Hmm. And that colored my own thinking about myself. And I was like, maybe I am unattractive. Maybe I am like this monster. But then I'd call my mom and she'd be like, don't listen to them. Obviously, I gave birth to you and I'm gorgeous. So I and, and, you know, I, I'm, re I'm reacting to this live. I want to go back to the other woman too, right? And and it's going to be interesting if you see the actual video because you see, see where the stereotypes are. When I saw the woman that just now that made me go back to the one that's talking about her appearance, who do you think was bullying her? Who do you think, you know, and so for the, the more darker skinned woman with the braids that you're going to see like maybe at the three minute mark, I was like, well, who do you think is bullying her? Do you think it's you think it's white kids no it's it's the black boys at her church and then it made me because remember i was silent when she was talking about i think she she was in um theatrics or something and she talked about how everybody else's costumes got to be so pretty and elaborate and they're doing all of these things with with black women's hair which by the way i love i've talked about this before our hair is so freaking versatile i've been loving like the cornrows crochet braids i've worn wigs before i love the versatility of those i've done the relaxer i've done the press and curl i've worn the afro type of thing i've done the wave nuva type of thing but our hair is so versatile and i just love how we're able to do everything from put flowers in it to be able to put beads in it and use different colors and where it's straight if we want to, curly if we want to. I think that our hair is not celebrate the versatility is not celebrated enough. But and so but with that being said, remember I was talking about how in the last podcast, like black men have become the new white supremacists. So white people have their standards of beauty, right? Which everybody should have a sense of pride in their culture, right? I should love my big lips, my big nose, my big brown eyes, and my curly hair, my 4C thick curly hair, right? Um, and I should love the skin that I'm in and, and, you know, everything that comes with it. And so what was happening is she's embedded in a European culture where we're not celebrating our beauty within our own culture, and sometimes it, we do get backlash for it because I think women emulate other cultures and that we want to have a sense of pride about our culture. Um, but it does end up becoming, instead of it becoming celebration of ourselves, we kind of default to black male, black male worship. But in our culture, we don't celebrate our beauty. And so what was happening here is that they're upstanding, they're, they're upholding their um, standards of what beauty is. So beauty to them is a small nose. Uh, me and my mom have this joke and my mom was talking about like, how do they breathe through those things? Right. And it's like, it made me laugh, but I love that it was coming from my mom and it just kind of gave me confidence that it's kind of like God made us to breathe up all the good air. You know what I'm saying? It's like just to kind of celebrate it and have a good sense of humor about it. But I think that, um, what I was saying is in the dominant society, they celebrate the um, is it like Eurocentric features, right? So the 
diminutive nose, the non-existing lips. I'm sorry, y'all. I know <laughs> I have listeners from all around the world, but low-key, like, y'all don't be having top full lips, yo. Just <laughs> And sometimes, like, I'm telling you, sometimes it really is a quiet people. Like, I'll be sitting there and I'll see something. And I'm like, oh, my God, where's her lip? Like, she has no bottom lip. I mean, she has no top lip. Like, oh, my God, what must that be like to just watch? Y'all, <laughs> right? So all I got to do is just put on some lip gloss and my lips look like popping, right? I love it. Um, I don't know that it was a big issue growing up so much um, for the most part, but I think it just, it fits in with the rest of my face being phenotypically bl- a black woman, right? But to kind of land the plane, they're celebrating their culture, their, their hair, their looks, their body type. And so part of the reason she's feeling destroyed is because she doesn't have that community that, that's not celebrated in our community. So it kind of feels like you're getting slammed on one side and you don't have a cushion or a soft landing to land back on. Kind of like, okay, well, predominantly there's backlash, but I have a safe place here and I have shelter the reason I was saying it is that, that that black men are proving themselves to be the new white supremacists is because you have people like Kevin Samuels who will say, oh, well, did you know that, you know, white women are more attractive because their faces are more symmetrical? And so white white is the beauty of standard. And it's like, so that's kind of what that narrative is. <clears throat> You're starting to hear how she has to fight that aspect of it. And then, but also when you hear the other women, she's talking about the bullying. And and when you see it, this is why when you see it, you're going to understand. I guarantee you she wasn't good. Was, was it likely that it could have been white kids? Yeah. Yeah. That being said, like even I've mentioned this too, I, I went to a private Christian school my brother's got more of the the racial bullying, but the funny thing is, not funny, haha, but one of the teachers actually called, um, and this happened in several grades, like they would call the black, the, the black kids, which were, if I'm not mistaken, were boys, they called them monkeys, they called them the N-word type of a thing, but I didn't experience as much bullying really for my race and, unless it was from black men. And it was interesting because even when I, I reunited with some of my classmates who are friend on, friends on Facebook like now and stuff like that, and they were like, you were always the kindest person. Like, you were always so nice to us. And they never gave me any problems or anything like that, right? <laughs> but I talk about how, especially at church, like, I used to low-key hate going to church too because if another Black girl wasn't getting harassed, it was me right? Like at an all black church type of a thing. So it's just that feeling of getting heat, heat from both sides. So let me go ahead and finish playing the woman that was talking about, um, and, and you know, what is so interesting too, because even when I, when I talk about the relationships for women and women, right? Um, guarantee you the person that was telling her about her here, that was another woman, right? And a lot of times women, and I, I'm going to just say it because this is what I experienced. But some people will, you know, even some of the content creators I listen to, they're just kind of like, eh, white women can do no wrong, blah, 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 whatever. But it's a, this white woman just perpetrating that whole 
concept of like we're the prettiest, we're the best, you're incapable of being pretty, as opposed to just celebrating like all of us are women, all of us are beautiful in our own way, all of us have our feminine attributes that we can celebrate, right? And we're going to make sure everybody notices that you're black and everybody else is in. And that colored my own thinking about myself. And I was like, maybe I am unattractive. Maybe I am like this monster. But then I'd call my mom and she'd be like, don't listen to them. Obviously, I gave birth to you and I'm gorgeous. So obviously you have to be gorgeous. So I like always like whenever I always felt bad, I'd always think about that. There was a and again, notice I said the same thing too, like even with my family and stuff like that, the my my ideals of handling the pushback growing up as a black woman comes from my mom, right? And so here she is talking about celebrating her beauty coming from her own mother. And that's why it's so important to like, what are we pay giving our daughters? And I think that was part of the tra tragedy too when I was watching the Mel Melanie King thing unfold and it's like she has two dark-skinned daughters she is light-skinned she married a dark-skinned man had children that were dark-skinned and she <clears throat> excuse me she was already caramel complected but she went on to bleach her skin straighten her nose and make herself look more um more biracial presenting or just more you know way away from that and it's like that is, your daughters are looking to you to imprint how to walk confidently in their skin, how to walk confidently as a woman and stuff. And so if you're sending these images of, of bleaching your skin and straightening your nose, and, and and I get it, like some people, you know, you kind of have to say like, if you want to do plastic surgery, then by all means, you can, you know, for for yourself. But I think that that's part of the responsibility of when you have children. I, I'm a huge griper. I feel like sometimes people don't realize that having children comes with a responsibility. And when you have them, it's no longer about you. Not in the sense that you have to be... Um, that, that you don't have a life anymore. But at the same time, like, how do you think she's going to... What does that mean for her daughters? in terms of how they view themselves and how they view beauty, right? We're imprinting that from our mothers. I like always, like whenever I always felt bad, I'd always think about that. There was a huge population of black girls who weren't dating anyone. And I wondered why that was because in my eyes, they seemed to be beautiful and attractive and smart. And I know and I'm looking at her, she's, she's as cute as a bug. She's so cute. Actually, she, and this is probably why it's gonna make me cry. <laughs> She looks like one of the little girls I used to babysit. Only difference is um, the little girl I used to babysit, she has the cutest dimples. And she's had them like every time she talks and smiles. Her mom has, she got her dimples from her mom. They have the cutest dimples, but just the cutest little face and so sweet and so darling. Um, but here, and she, you could tell she's a little bit on the younger side compared to the other women that are talking. So just listen to what she's saying too. And I, I think part of it too, understand this is all pre-Cynthia G, right? I remember talking about how when I came across, and, and, and it's, and, you know, 
a lot of us had these questions. We would see the patterns, but we didn't know how to connect them. So we were just moving through life in like small, um, uh, there's a word I want to use. I think Bruno just farted a little booger. Let me see. Let me see if he's, yep. <laughs> and he don't even, oh my God, his farts are, are just, oh, so, um, um, what was I going to say? We were imprinting, talking about... Let me see if I remember what, what I was saying when she does it. Always, like, whenever I always felt bad, I'd always think about that. There was a huge population of black girls. Sorry, I remember. Um, This is before... This is pre-Cynthia G. So we all saw these patterns and we would always... We were always told this... But the stuff about like, well, oh, maybe it's because she's really friendly or she's really feminine. And I remember seeing it and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess if that's how I have to quote unquote compete, then I'll just learn more recipes and I'll be even softer and more delicate and more feminine and, and more sweeter and stuff like that. But that's not what was going on. That, you know, and so when I say Cynthia G like helped me, in the sense of just being like, oh, okay, now I understand what it is. Date who you want to, you know, um, but now I understand it. Like, if that's your preference, by all means, knock yourself out. But don't make it seem like we're less than or we're not showing up in the same competencies, right? And there are people that will say that we shouldn't compete with other women. I completely agree. <laughs> Especially knowing what I know now. Women should not be competing with other women. Not at all. Absolutely not that I'd always think about that there was a huge population of black girls who weren't dating anyone and I wondered why that was because in my eyes they seemed to be beautiful and attractive and smart and intelligent and ambitious and it just didn't make any sense to me why they they didn't have a boyfriend too and that same consciousness is also what I'm thinking now at almost 25 years old like why that's the world that i still see today mm. once you accept your womanness that's where your power comes from it doesn't necessarily yes look we're at the 30 minute mark i've tried to keep these at 30 minutes i'm at the three minute and 55 second mark in the video but listen i i celebrate this one thousand one million percent what she said is is it why that's the world that I still see today. Once you accept your womanness, mm -hmm. that's where your power comes mm -hmm. from. It doesn't necessarily always come from your academic prowess. It doesn't always come from what you have. It comes from your perception of self. And when you accept that you're a woman and I'm a woman, hear me roar, that comes from a validation outside of yourself. Ooh, this is, that is deep, y'all, that is deep. Listen, she said a mouthful there too, because I agree and I disagree at the same time. I think that you have to understand there's a lot of like black men kind of saying like, oh, you think you're all that because you're a six figure earner. Oh, you think you're all that because you have a home owner. And so 
you hear her fighting that narrative. Now, that being said, as a human being, if you strip away being, you know, black, Hispanic, white, male or female, every part of you understanding becoming a full woman is more in the sense that you are going to, everybody starts their journey trying to figure out why am I me? What what is it that makes me tick? And even myself, I've been down that path of like, well, let's make this money. Let's buy this house. Let's live this lifestyle. And and it's in finding out about who I really am and enjoying my feminine essence, my womanness, my I am woman, hear me roar, celebrating that. Like that's that that transcends, right? When you look at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that transcends driving something, living in something, wearing something. It transcends your job, your occupation, right? But it's, it's, she's saying this because she's getting the same narrative seven years ago that we are now like, oh, you ain't ish because you da 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 da. But if you, I talk about how for, uh, there was a video, there was a podcast I did, I'll never forget. I was at a resort and I was swimming and the thought came to me and, um, uh, I hopped out of the pool, grabbed my phone, and you can hear the waterfalls in the background. And I was so excited. And I was going back and forth. And I was talking about how sometimes the experience of being a black woman has its hidden gems because it forces you to look at life through a lens that a lot of people are not able to transcend to, right? A white woman is not going to ask herself, what is there to me besides my small nose, my asymmetrical face, my blonde hair, and, you know, having the standards of beauty. She's not going to ask herself, what is outside of me having this job where I'm getting paid? I'm definitely getting paid more than the black woman. So that that validates that I am a good person. And when you're a black person, when you're a black woman, you have to know that you know. And you have to ask yourself, what is the purpose of life? And if you can, the sooner you can tap into that and realize that that's an opportunity that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. Oh, I just love what she said so much. I don't want to go too far back. Okay, here we go. The world that I still see today. Once you accept your womanness, that's where your power comes from. It doesn't necessarily always come from your academic prowess. It doesn't always come a from what you have it comes from your perception of self and when you accept that you're a woman and i'm a woman hear me roar and even you know i was having fun with it because we've been talking a lot about how lions are but too but if you're like i'm a woman hear me purr like what's good roar poor purr and that comes from a validation outside of yourself and um even if you want to say it doesn't it does my father would buy me books. And before he would give me the books, he would painstakingly shade in the characters Aww. in the books in brown crayon. Aww. I still have some of these books. I mean, I had like Cinderella, she Aww. was black, like all these things. And of course, as an older toddler, you notice that they've been drawn in because he's not an artist. <laughs> <laughs> and he would explain you know, as much as he could to to a five or six year old, why he was shading in these. She about to make me cry, y'all. But 
I've talked about this too because when I made the book, um, I still have to finish the front and the back page, y'all. I'm I'm being a little bit of a brat. But when I made my first book for little girls that are second grade and third grade to write their affirmations, on the cover is this little girl and I decided to name her Isadora. I thought she was the cutest little personality. Um, when you see her, she has her little backpack on and it's in the fall and she's just so full of life and so happy and carefree. And as I was working on the affirmations for the, the book, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I would want more little girls from diverse backgrounds to experience this. Like, I thought about Japanese girls. Um, just to kind of give you a little context, Jap- Jap- uh, Japanese women are going through the same scenario as African-American women here in the United States. Their men are also turning out to be pookies and maymays. And they are huge on passport things. The only the only difference between how black women approach it and Japanese women approach it, um, Japanese women are very educated and there's been a decline in marriage and childbirth. But Japanese women are different in that they are not they are letting these guys die dry AF. Like they are not even having sex with them. Okay, so it's like they don't give a damn. You're not going to force them into marriage. You're not going to force them into into child, you know, child bearing and whatever type of thing. They're good. They're going to have their education. They're going to live their life of luxury and just keep it pushing. In the black community, we will still sleep with them. We'll still entertain them. We'll still swipe right, you know, on them and that type of thing and still kind of entertain the energy and then try to have conversations convincing them not to use their passports when by all means please get your 135 dollar document and leave us alone like just go (laughs) you know type of a thing but i talk about how it does make me wonder when we talk because we're talking about women here and black women but i talk about how i don't think that just being a woman makes you maternal because i don't understand for the life of me how a white woman can have these experiences where they don't want to share it with other women. How is it that I want to share this experience with like little Japanese girls? Or I was like, oh my gosh, it'd be so cute if I had like a Hispanic girl with some like long braids. Or if I had like, you know, like I said, like the Japanese girl or anybody to just be able to identify it and say her affirmations and develop those healthy habits. And so even when we were talking earlier from these young women sharing their experiences where... She's in theatrics and she does everything to make these other women feel beautiful. But that's not a feminine trait. Like that's not that's not a womanly trait for you to make other women feel like like um like trash. It should be right. So I, I, I do also believe that not all women are feminine, if that kind of makes sense. I think some of them are kind of hateful and spiteful. Um type of a thing but and it made me cry because it's like even if a dad can think about that for the daughter like how can I make this inclusive how can I make it to where she sees beauty in herself but other women aren't able to do that with other women too and they're willing to um, amplify those tropes it's like that has to be unnatural has to be ain't no way like I will never forget that moment when I was just sitting there and I'm in my creative process and element I'm like I want all little girls to feel like this I want all little girls to have their affirmations I want them to 
be empowered, but it's like, wait a minute, wait, 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 baby girl, hold on. Why, why weren't people, why weren't white people making these for me? Why didn't they seem little brown? One day I'm going to share my first grade picture, y'all. I found it on my cell phone. I am as cute as a bug. Okay. You can't tell me nothing. I'm so cute. And my mom had put me in a little blazer, um, with like some pigtails. That was my favorite hairstyle. And I didn't know what I was about to enter into, but, um, nobody looked at little brown eyed me, little brown skin me and been like, Oh my gosh, I want the same thing for my daughter. I want her to feel beautiful. Like for, for her, I want her to be, you know, celebrate her beauty. Like the way that all girls should. Right? So there's like problems within the problems. These characters to look like me. Um, I don't have a daughter right now, but if I did have a daughter, I would tell her that she's beautiful, that she's intelligent, that she's all of these things all the time because I feel like we don't hear that enough in the media. We don't get that attention. What I'm what I would tell my daughter is not what was ever told me and not something that I really thought I would ever say. But y'all, this is gonna make me cry because I talk about this too, right? How on this goddess green earth are we not putting our little girls on game? And and it's crazy because you know, do I have moments with my mom where she'll celebrate my beauty? Yeah. I mean, my dad hasn't ever said I'm ugly or anything like that. But even as a collective, it's like we don't we don't tell our little girls that they're beautiful um, to the magnitude that we need to. We don't celebrate them the way they do. And to hear them back to back saying that type of stuff is like she's fortunate she even had her father in the home that was that conscious because that's not the experience that a lot of other melanated girls get to experience. Oh my God, these people want to make me cry. I'm not doing it. <laughs> oh my God. Get that attention. What, I'm, what I would tell my daughter is not what was ever told me and not something that I really thought I would ever say. But ultimately, to my girls, I want you to be happy. I want you to find joy in however you define it. Not what I want out of you, not what society imagines of you, not anyone's fantasies of you, your happiness and your joy, and I have your back. Oh, <laughs> you're kind of trying to make me cry, yo. And don't, oh my God, y'all already know I'm a cry baby. Oh my gosh. All right, y'all, I'm already over the 40, the 30 minute mark. So, um, <sighs> I will talk to you all on the flip side. All right, bye.